thing I want to share the message is there's no I in worship. And I really think it's important for us to consider worship. You know, we, we gather, part of what we gather for on a Sunday is to worship. You know, that's part of the service. We call it a worship service. You know, we come to worship. We come to hear God's word. We, you know, there's other reasons to come, but, but part of why we come is to worship. We worship. What does it mean to worship? Well, the word me- worship means to bow down, to reverence, to adore, to bow down. I always think it's interesting. Um, probably f- most of the time we don't bow down. But, you know, that's a sense of our position. You know, and it's okay to bow down sometimes. You know, if you look, you look through Scripture, when people were confronted by God or Jesus, most of the time when they were really confronted by him or in his presence, they ended up down. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he was uh, met Jesus on the road to Damascus, you know, it knocked him down off his horse. You know, they were down. And it's a position, and it shows reverence. It shows awe, respect. You know, it just it just recognizes the person who we're who we're giving reverence to. So, so in a in a picture, um, the Bible it pretty much says that's what it means to bow down. You know, to be down, and I think that just reminds us of of kind of where we're at. You know, we're in that position of looking up, and that's why I believe the Bible says. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in Psalm one twenty one it says, "I will lift up mine eyes to the hills." Where does my help come from? Well, I don't believe the help comes from hills. My help comes from the Lord. But it's a picture of I look to the hills because I got to look beyond myself. There's a whole lot of times, you know, in life when, I mean, I don't know about you, but we tend to look at ourselves first for help. Well, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to handle this? Well, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this work? How am I going to, you know, I, we, we look at ourselves. We think, oh, it's up to me. And then the Bible says, no. Lift up your eyes to the hills. Where does your help come from? Oh, yeah, that's right. I need to trust the Lord. And so it's just a constant reminder. So as we think about worship, I want to think about three things. Who, why, and how. The first one is who. Who do we worship? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory, but I think it's something we just have to always make clear. We worship the Lord. In Psalms 4511, It says, so the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is Lord, worship him. He is Lord, worship him. I mean, there's just multiple scriptures throughout the Bible that tell us that we worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. We worship him. And it just continually reminds us, reminds us over and over. In the New Testament, in John, John, the fourth chapter, Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman in John, the fourth chapter, the 20th verse. He says, our, our, it said, our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place to worship where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain in Jerusalem. You will worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. He says we worship the Father. We worship God. So we have to constantly remind ourselves that our worship goes to Him. We worship the Lord. Now I say that because 
what do people tend to worship? Well, you know, if you watch, people tend to worship all kinds of things. People tend to worship other people. You know, they'll worship, you, you go to, I don't know, you know, you go to rock concerts. I don't know if that's worship or not, but it's something. I mean, people are falling down, they're going crazy, they're, they're just, you know, doing whatever because somebody's up there singing, you know. It looks to me like a form of worship. Now, that's just my impression as I watch it. Um, we worship athletes, TV personalities. Sometimes we can worship family. Sometimes we can put our family ahead of God. And we can, we can worship them to where everything, everything goes and centers around family. I'm not saying family is not important. You know, we're going to honor fathers next week. But I'm just saying we can't worship those things. Sometimes we worship activities. We spend our efforts and our time so much into certain activities that it becomes a part of who we are and we worship those things. And the Lord says, we have to worship him. Thou shalt have no other gods. Nothing else before me. Nothing else before me. And so when we worship, we have to understand that when we come, and, and you know, we call Sunday morning worship, I believe for the Christian that worship is not just, you know, a few songs on Sunday morning with, with nice people. You know, that worship is much bigger than that. But, you know, that's what we call worship. And, and when we come, we a lot of times think about worship in terms of, well, what's in it? What, what, what about, what's in it for me? You know, and so we say things like, well, I didn't get anything out of worship. And I, I always think, well, am I supposed to get something out of worship? It, it, you know, I, I think we can. I think we can. But I don't know if that's what worship's real intent is, for me to get something out of it. You know, the, it's directed towards the Lord, so I'm to give to him. I don't know how much I'm supposed to get out of it. I think sometimes I do. I mean, I can get blessed. I can hear God speak to me. I can receive things through worship, but I don't know that that's necessary. So if I come and I don't get nothing out of it, is it all bad? Was worship bad this morning because, well, I didn't get nothing out of it? Or is worship bad because, well, I didn't really like those songs. I didn't, I didn't really like the songs, you know? Well, guess what? My mom and I used to have this discussion. My mom. We used to have this discussion about worship, you know? And I, I felt bad for my mom. You know, my mom, you know, she was in a Lutheran church for, oh, probably close to 80 years and you know, and then she came to our church and she lamented the fact that she couldn't sing her songs. And I felt like I was punishing her by having her come to our church and she had to sing the songs that we sang. She says, well, couldn't we, couldn't we sing something I like once, you know, like, you know, and I said, well, mom, that's just not the way it is. I, you know, and it, you know, and it's that whole thing about, well, you know, I kind of felt bad. I wanted to do it because it was my mom. You know, I put a little pressure on me. I thought, well, gee, it's my mom. You know, and I could have probably said, okay, everybody, we're going to sing this song for my mom this week, and there's probably nothing wrong with that. But the other side of it is, you know, it's not about my songs, or it's not about what I like. You know, it's not about me, and, and you know, and I kind of felt bad about that sometimes. And, you know, and people say that, well, you know, there's always that dilemma, like, you know, the older folks. I, I'll tell you something I find very interesting. 
One of the things I find about people that go to Florida and, and spend their winters in Florida, I have a friend that went down there, and he just loves going to Florida. And he loves his church in Florida. And I said, why is that? I said, so I asked him a few questions. Well, guess what, folks? Everybody in his church is 80 years old plus or 70 plus, okay? Okay, just think about it. It's a picture. They're 70 plus. Guess what they sing? They sing the old hymns. He loves going to church in Florida because they're singing his song. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but you know, it's not about me. That's all I'm saying. It's not about me. So, you know, it's kind of like I don't like, I like. I don't know that that's always the issue. You know, and I've often thought, I've often had this thought when it comes to worship. You know, personally, I think we have a very good worship team, you know. You know, a lot of talent, um, extremely whatever, you know, a lot of instruments, big worship team. What if on a Sunday morning, or what if what if we weren't blessed with all that, and what if we just had a little old 70-year-old lady playing a piano that couldn't really keep time very good? She had an old upright that was out of tune. Is it possible that we could still worship? Well, you know, yes. We say yes, and we know that's the right answer. <laughs> Until I bring a little old 70-year-old lady that can't play a piano, and I sit her up here, and everybody goes, well, what's that all about? You see what I'm saying? Now, I wouldn't do that because that'd almost be, you know, I might do it for a, to show something. But, but do you see that, you know, we say that, but when I'm in those situations, sometimes I'm like, oh, boy, I don't know if that was, I don't, I don't like that. Or Lincoln, we were talking, Lincoln said, you know, he went to Haiti, and, you know, you get somebody with a guitar and a little hand drum they play, and, and you worship. Um, one of the, one of the, Things is just, you know, things stick in your mind. And uh, a few years ago, we, we go to the Gideons in Faustoria. We had church in Faustoria. We go to the Gideons in Faustoria. Well, the Faustoria Gideons is a fairly small group, and, and they, had, they do special music. Now, up in Bowling Green, we go to the Gideons in Bowling Green, and in Bowling Green, when they have special music, they get somebody from university that comes in and plays the piano, and, and it's great. I mean, it's wonderful. Went to Faustoria, and they had a a gentleman down. I, I knew of him. He was a dairy farmer, retired. He was probably, I think, close to 80 years old. He got up with his wife, and she got on the piano, and he started singing. And he had kind of an old, scratchy, rough voice. You know, by 80, it wasn't the best. And But boy, did I get blessed. I thought, wow. You know, I, I, I was like, wow. And I often think about that. I often think about that. What's happened in our society in America, and this is, we've kind of we've got taken down a path, but what we've got taken down a path is that there has to be an element of entertainment, performance in worship that I think we've kind of gotten down a path that's not the best. And so we need to be very careful I'm not saying that we should all go back to a piano with a, you know, an upright piano or an organ. I'm not saying that. But I think we have to just be careful in how we perceive things and how we see worship. That, you know, if it's not just perfect, you know, it doesn't have to be just perfect. 
I always, always, I don't have nerve enough, and I don't think I'll ever do this, but I wanted to sometime just lead worship myself and just kind of mess with everybody because it would be kind of rough. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But, but I've had that thought because, I, you know, I can't sing. I can't, it would be off tune, and it would be kind of all over the place, you know. But what if, what if someday we had to get together in, in a house and we didn't have a whole worship team could be there? What if there was only six or seven of us and nobody could really sing? What if there was only just a handful and nobody could really play any instrument? The question would be, can we still worship? And the, the answer must be yes. The answer has to be yes. We, we have to be able to worship because it's not about us. And what does God look at? When God looks down, what does he look at? He always looks at our heart. You know, he, he scrapes through everything that we see, and I believe he looks at our hearts. You know, and like Jesus told that Samaritan woman, those that worship me must worship in spirit and truth. And so that has to be the, the center and the focal of the whole thing as we, as we think about worship. You know, we worship him. Our eyes are on him. It's about him. And we can do that in a lot of various ways. Thank goodness. I don't know. I'm not planning on trading our worship team for anything else, so don't anybody panic. You know, I'm blessed. I am so thankful, and, you know, it's just a tremendous uh, blessing to have them and their commitment. And you know what's the best blessing for me? I'll just throw this out while I'm talking about it. The best blessing for me is they all like each other. Now, I say that, and, you know, you know that's a big deal in a church. I want to tell you, in a worship team, that's a big deal. I've been around... I've been around churches and worship teams. That's a big deal. When you can get musicians that like themselves and like each other, I shouldn't say like themselves, when they like each other and they get along, that's a great thing because a lot of tension in churches comes in that area, in that area. And over the years, I've, I've always seen that. So, so it's a great blessing. It's a great blessing. So number one, we worship the Lord. Our eyes are upon him. It's not about the stuff. So be careful. Be careful sometimes as you... Even make idle comments, you know, and I know we all say it, you know, like, well, you know, worship is really good, but, wow, this or that, and, you know. Be careful. Our eyes are on him because we come to worship the Lord. We come to worship the Lord. And why do we worship? Why? You know, there's probably all kinds of reasons why we come to church. But there's only one reason why we worship the Lord that I can see. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. I worship him for who he is. I worship him for who he is. You know, even even at times when he's not doing what I want him to do. You know, we all want God to do things, and we all think he should do this and this and this, and why is this happening and that happening? And at times when he's not doing what I want him to do, or when he's not doing it fast enough, you know, I don't stop worshiping him. I worship him for who he is. Number one, you know, he's, he's all kinds of things. He's, he's more than we could ever comprehend. He's the creator of all things. He's our father, our savior, our provider. You know, he, he's our deliverer. He, he's a multitude of things, and we worship him for who he is. So irregardless of our situation, irregardless of our circumstance, irregardless of what's going on, which is difficult sometimes. But in those hard times when things aren't going the way I want them to and I'm frustrated or I'm just, 
you know, things aren't right. Even in the midst of those times, we still worship because we can always worship him for who he is. Because he's, he's always the same. So no matter what, I can worship him for who he is, not what he does. Now, I believe we also worship him for what he does. You know, I worship him for who he is, and I worship him for what he does. You know, what does he do? Well, he saves me. You know, we were, you know, that's, that's always there. You know, we, you know, your grace, your grace. You know, we sing a lot about it. You know, his grace. We always can worship him for his grace, that he saved us when we didn't deserve it. He saved us when we didn't have anything to offer. And so we worship him for what he has done for us. He saved us. He delivers us. He delivers us from things. You know, he delivers us. And we, we, we worship him for that. You know, sometimes he delivers us when we don't even know. When we don't even know. I, I, I just had a thought about our daughter. Some of you might know, but our daughter, she's got Lyme disease. And Lori, she came to church last Sunday. And she said over, over here, and she was in a bad way. I don't, you know, we, we aren't sure how she, she shouldn't have come to church. Shouldn't have come. She said when she got here, she told, she told her mom, she says, well, I almost hit two cars in a tree on the way here. Now you think about it. Wow. He delivers us. He delivers us sometimes from things we don't even know. And so we can worship him. We can worship him. You know, we worship him for what he does. He heals us. He forgives us. He takes care of us. You know, those are the times when worship, do you know that worship sometimes is more real than others or personal than others? You know, you might come on a Sunday morning and, you know, if if life's been pretty good this week and everything's kind of cool and, and going good, you know, and you worship, you can worship God for who he is and be thankful. But there's times when God does things and moves and things happen and worship is different, different. I believe one of the things in the Bible that maybe is harder for us, but I believe in the Bible, what we see is we see times when people worshiped, but we see the times when, you know, like when God delivered Israel. You know, you think about it. You know, God delivers Israel, you know, takes them through the Red Sea, and, you know, they're excited. I mean, they're happy. They want to worship. You know, now, you can't, you can't just duplicate that. I mean, that was quite an event. And if you would have been there, I'll bet you you'd have worshiped too. I'll bet you. You know, because, wow, you know, well, that doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen. You don't, they don't get those kind of experiences. But they're, they are experiences. God delivers us. We, we worship it. We recognize him because he's the one. And so we worship him. We give him credit for what he does. You know, we, we worship him. And there's those times, but, but you can't always duplicate those times. Like, you know, there might be special times in, in church life, or, or I think sometimes, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a convention where there's 10,000 Christians gathered, and people go to those and they say, oh, it was so great. It was, the worship was, you know, well, you know, yeah, you get 10,000 people together worshiping God, and yeah, it's different than 100 or 10 or 2. I mean, it's different. 
You can't duplicate that, and you shouldn't try. You know, we worship him where we're at for what he does, and we're in different places, you know? And sometimes you might get a Sunday morning, one of the things about worship, you might get a Sunday morning when one person is like, do you know what God's done for me? They're all excited. God's delivered them. They're excited. They want to worship. You know, and if God hasn't done that miraculous thing for you that week or anything that just stands out, you're kind of like, well, yeah, you know, it's Sunday. I'm here to worship. And you go, well, what's wrong with them? They're all excited. Well, you know, sometimes people are excited because of what God's done in their life. And we're all different places. So, you know, we never know. We never know how the person beside us is worshiping or what he's doing. But we worship God for what he does. In, in Psalm 92, Psalm 92, verse this is 1 to 4. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings and on the lute and on the harp and with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. I will triumph, Lord, in what you've done. I will triumph in what you've done and who you are. I will sing praises to your name. You sing praises to who he is, his name. It's the name that's above all other names. So we can sing praises to his name, and I can praise him for what he's done, the works of his hands. And then another aspect is how do we worship? And this is, this is always interesting, I think. Um, in Psalm 66, verse 1. Psalm 66, verses 1 to 4. It says, Make a joyful noise, shout to the Lord all the earth, Sing out the honor of his name, make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Number one, we can use our mouth. We can use our mouth. It says we can shout and we can sing and we can say and declare. Okay? We can shout, we can sing, we can say and declare. We can use our mouth to praise the Lord. You know, and I will just say, this is a, you know, we're not all the same, folks. And we just need to accept that. Okay? We're not all the same. I want to tell you something. It's really hard for me to shout. Really? I'm not a shouter. I'm not a shouter. Maybe I should be. You know, I'm just not a shouter. I'm not telling you, I'm just telling you, it's even hard if I try to shout. It just comes out really weird. When I try to shout, I've been in places where people say, okay, we're going to shout, and I'm sitting there trying to shout, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. I can't even shout. I don't know. I just, I'm not a good shouter. Some people are good shouters, man. When they, I mean, they can shout, you know. But I can speak. I can sing fairly Sorta, kinda. You know, we all we all know the Bible says make a joyful noise, and I qualify. You know, that's why I, I like being up front. Nobody has to listen to me, and I can just I can sing, and I don't care what it, I don't care what it sounds like. So you know, we can we can, but we can use our mouth. We can use our mouth. Okay, we can we can say it how we want to. You know, and it's okay. Um, we can do it with our hands. Psalms 141, verse 2. 
It says, let my prayer be set before you as an incense and the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. Our hands can be lifted up as a form of surrender, as an evening sacrifice, as Lord, I give it to you. A sacrifice. Our hands can be lifted also as a point of honor of, of who he is. When somebody arrests you, what do they say? They don't, not anymore. They used to say. I don't think they say this anymore. But in the old days when I watched the cowboy movies, they put a gun in your back and say, put your hands up. You know, put your hands up. What does that mean? I give up. Right? It's an evening sacrifice. It's a, it's a form of surrender. Lifting our hands. It's a form of surrender. It's, you know, it's just using our hands. It doesn't, it's just a form of surrender or a way of honor and worship. Okay, so we can use our hands. We can do it on our face. Psalms 95. Psalms 95, verse 6. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us bow down. I remember, you know, it, it, I don't think it's something, I'm not, you know, <laughs> um, I think it's something we don't do very much. I'm not, I'm not trying to promote it. I think it's a, it's a tremendously important position to bow down. It puts us in a position of, Respect and awe and adoration. Um, it kind of puts, you know, when you bow down to somebody, you put yourself under them. You know, it's, it's a sign. It's a sign of worship. And, and, and I think it's an okay thing. You know, it's, it's, it's something we can do. You know, we think about it in prayers maybe sometimes. You kneel down and pray, you know. And it's, it's a time for prayer, but it's also a time or in a way to worship that we can bow down. I believe that we, we worship with our life. In Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter, I know I'm kind of going through these verses fast, but I just want to show you how many different ways there are to acknowledge and worship God. But in Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter, the eighth verse, okay, that's... Um, Oh, in, in the ninth, excuse me, eighth and ninth. You should not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water or under the earth. You should not bow down to or serve them, for I am the Lord your God. It says there that we're not to bow down or serve other gods, meaning that we're to bow down and serve the only God. I believe that serving is a form of worship. Many times in Scripture, there's other places where it says we worship and serve. What I believe is that we also worship with our life. We worship God with our everyday activities, how we conduct ourselves every day, and our attitude towards Him as we go through the rest of the days and weeks ahead of us. You know, worship there's a lot of worship that has a lot to do with attitude. Understanding who I am and understanding who God is. And so, you know, if I come on Sunday and I just, you know, sing a, sing a few songs and worship Him and think, well, I got that done, and then I can go out and do whatever I want the rest of the week, 
then that's not worship. The idea is that I worship and serve, that I worship and then I go about my everyday life with that same attitude of that he is God and I'm who I am, his children. And I worship him and I understand that he's in charge of everything. And so I worship and I serve with my life, my actions. I can worship with the dance. Again, this is not my specialty. Um, Psalm 150, verse 4. It says, praise him with the timbrel and with the dance. Okay? It's okay to dance before the Lord. I don't dance before nobody. Now, some of you, I've had, I'm sure people have prayed, you know, Lord, make him dance. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's not a good thing. All I'm saying is that people dance before the Lord. My opinion is, this is an opinion, okay? My opinion is that at certain times and in certain places, probably even I would dance. That's just a guess. I don't know. I don't know what it would take. I don't know what it would take, you know? But, you know, and, and I'm not saying I would have to. All I'm saying is it's okay that that is an expression of worship to dance before the Lord. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes when God does something, if it's big enough in your life, you get pretty happy. You get pretty happy about what he's doing and you want to dance. Now, I, I can't I can say I've wanted to dance. <laughs> you know, I can say that in the in the midst of times, I'm like, you know, I'm not saying I didn't want to. I'm just saying it just didn't happen. Okay, but you know, that is a form of worship. That is that is an expression of worship. And if you look at the rest of that verse, it says you can worship him with all kinds of instruments, with trumpets, with lutes, with harps, with timbrels, dance, stringed instruments, flutes, loud cymbals, clashing cymbals. That sounds like, whoa, for some of loud cymbals, clashing cymbals. Um, personally, personally, this is a personal opinion. I think loud and clashy is okay till it hurts my ears. That's just my opinion. You know, I don't think God wants to give me permanent hearing loss. Just an, That's just an opinion. Okay, you can take that for what it's worth. I don't think that my heavenly father would go, worship with me so loud that you all have hearing loss. That does not make sense to me at all. I do not mind loud. But at some point, if it's causing me hearing loss, I got a feeling God is not in favor. I cannot see my Heavenly Father doing that to me. That's just an opinion. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm not handing out earplugs so you can stay in loud worship. And I know that's saying, well, some churches hand out earplugs because that's how it is. Now, that's their issue. Um, that's their issue. I'm just telling you, that I do not think, and I'd tell anybody, I don't care, that my Heavenly Father would not put me in a position that would want to give me hearing loss. That's my opinion. Okay? So, but loud's okay. Now, we all get to determine how loud, what's loud, you know? You know, we get to determine that. But I think at some point it's too loud. That's all. Okay? I think at some point quiet is good. I think some point quiet is good. Psalms 46.10. 
Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I think quiet is okay. Now, I say all that to say this. During worship, do not try to figure out if the person beside you is worshiping or not. Or if they're worshiping right. I don't know if you've ever done that before. I don't know if you've ever sat around somebody or watched somebody go, well, you know, I saw so-and-so. They didn't like they were worshiping. You can't tell who's worshiping and who's not worshiping. All of these outer things are just ways of worship. But they don't determine the heart. And so you can't tell. So quit trying to figure out what everybody else is doing. You know, I, I, I personally, personally, this is my own thing. I have a hard time worshiping in the back. I'm not against anybody that's in the back, please. For me personally, here's the reason. I have a problem. I have a problem. I watch people. I watch people. And if I, as the pastor, I watch people, and I don't want to watch you because I get my mind all messed up if I watch you. Because if I see somebody that's not worshiping, I think, oh, they're having a heart. You know, I'll get all messed up. So I like sitting up front. I don't watch nobody. <laughs> you guys can just do whatever you want. You can be what you want. You can have a bad day. You can not worship, and that's fine with me. Because for me, it's I can't. It's hard. It's hard because I just start watching and analyzing. And oh man, look, so and so man, they're having. You know, I just and I'm not. Then I'm not worshiping because I'm just too focused on somebody else. And so you can't decide who's worshiping, because there's all kinds of ways to worship. There's all kinds of ways to express ourselves to God. The important thing is that out of our hearts, we express ourselves to God. We worship Him. We worship Him. We worship Him for who He is, for who He is. And our worship is focused on Him. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about Him. So it's not about me liking or not liking. It's about Him. Does it honor Him? Does it give him glory? Does it give him praise? And there's all kinds of ways to worship. All kinds of ways to express our worship to him. There's no one way. There's no right way. We have all kinds of ways to express our worship to him. And so we all are different. I believe we all, we all have, you know, our personalities do play a part in us, how God made us, you know. I can't be like somebody else. So don't, don't always try to be like somebody else. Be who you are and worship him who you are. I don't, think, I don't think God is so pleased if you try to be like somebody else because somebody else is worshiping. You, wanna, you think, oh, I ought to do that because they do. And I, you know, I don't think he wants you to just worship him for who you are and the way he's made you. And we're different. We're different beings. But we can worship and we can allow each other to worship and accept one another in various kinds of ways. And churches, congregations worship differently. You know, I, I love going to other churches and, and visiting and going to other places and, and, and seeing how other churches worship because they all have, you get personalities and you get ways and, and we get comfortable and all this and that and the other thing. But, but it's interesting. It's good to be around different kinds of worship because there are different kinds of worship. There are different ways to worship. But the most important thing is that we remember our worship is to him, to him for who he is and for what he's done. Let's all stand.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we can worship you. Lord, we can worship you for who you are, for what you've done, for what you're doing, but most of all, for who you are, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we thank you that in the midst of things going on in our life and in the world around us and maybe looking at frustrations and wondering what's going on, Lord, we can worship you because you're still in charge. Lord, we can worship you because you are the king. And no matter what's going on, Lord, we can trust you. And so, Lord, maybe we should just remind ourselves of that, Lord. And, Lord, just help us remember that it's not about us, but it's about you that we worship. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that this morning, if anyone has a need, Lord, uh, maybe they've been struggling with something this week or they've been thinking about some things or, or maybe sometimes... They've been wanting to pray for somebody else. Lord, just encourage them to come up and let Rose and Jim pray with them this morning. Lord, we just we just thank you that we have opportunity to worship you. And Lord, remind us throughout this week that, Lord, we worship you throughout the week. We worship you in how we express ourselves to others, how we serve others, how we acknowledge you as we go throughout our week. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your presence with us. Lord, dismiss us now with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We do pick up the chairs this morning.